0: Microphone is on there it goes good morning everyone welcome to worship today it's wonderful to be with Paul here in God's house on a beautiful Sunday morning so far uh, to worship him and to receive his gifts today that he has prepared for us through word and sacrament why don't we stand this morning and greet each other in the name of the Lord members if you see somebody that you don't recognize please go say hi and welcome them to worship today
1: Good morning, and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Parker Shane, your announcer for this third Sunday in Lent. The Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the lay minister, Bruce Sletton, and the organist, Mrs. Susan Siniger, and the acolytes are Jordan Kleibecker and McKenna Schmidt. Today's order of service is at www.trinity1874.com radio broadcast for today is sponsored by the funds donated to the radio ministry of Trinity Literature. All right, Lutheran and Church so as you are taking the your seat.
0: may God bless us uh, Why don't we, as we open worship our worship today. today with a word of prayer? Dear Lord Jesus, we are thankful today for the many blessings uh, of grace, mercy, and peace that you give to us. And Lord, we are thankful this morning for the name that calls us here, the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name the name, Lord, that one day every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Lord, we ask now that as we worship you, that you would fill our hearts and minds with a zeal for your house of worship. And Lord, truly better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please stand.
2: So we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our help is in the name of the Lord. The of if you, O Lord, kept the record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? If you ever sins? Therefore you are feared. Since we are gathered to hear God's word, call upon Him in prayer and praise, and receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in the fellowship of this altar. Let us first consider our unworthiness, and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed, and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together as his people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father, seeking his grace for the sake of Christ, and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Have mercy upon us, forgive, forgive us our, our sins, sins, and lead us, in us to the life. life.
0: given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Our opening hymn today is Jesus Sinners Doth Receive on page 609, verses 1 through 4 of the Lutheran Service Book.
2: Lord knows the way of the righteous, the of the for you are not a God who delights in wickedness. The, you. the boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You, you destroy those who speak lies, the Lord, course, is but I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. in be the, 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 the beginning. beginning is now, and will be forever. Amen. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O oh God, whose glory it is always to have mercy, be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word. For Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. The Old Testament lesson is taken from Ezekiel chapter 33, beginning at the seventh verse. So you, son of man, I have made a washman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, a wicked one, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from his way, that wicked person shall die in his iniquity. But his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, that person shall die in his iniquity. But you will have delivered your soul. And you, son of man, say to the house of Israel, Thus have you said, Surely our transgressions and our sins are upon us, and we ride away because of them. How then can we live? Say to them, As I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways, for why you die, O house of Israel. And you, O son of man, say to your people, The righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him when he transgresses. And as for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall by it when he turns from his wickedness. And The righteousness shall not be able to live by his righteousness when he sins. Though I say to the righteous that he shall surely live, yet if he trusts in his righteousness and does injustice, none of his righteous deeds shall be remembered, but his in, in his injustice that he done, he shall die. Again, though I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, yet if he turns from his sin and does what is just and right, if the wicked restores the pledge, gives back what he has taken by robbery, and walks in the statutes of life, not doing injustice, he shall surely live. He shall not die. None of the sins that he has committed shall be remembered against him. He has done what is just and right. He shall surely live. Yet your people say, the way of the Lord is not just, when it is their own way that is not just. When the righteous turns from his righteousness and does injustice, he shall die for it. And when the wicked turns from his wickedness and does what is just and right, he shall live by this. Yet you say the way of the Lord is not just, O house of Israel. I will judge each of you according to his ways. This is the word of our Lord. O come, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame. Continue with the children's message. (coughs) Oh, sorry, we continue with the handbells. for the children's message in the mighty
1: nice. today's children's message is by Amanda Manning and is about understanding God's word
3: Good morning. How are you guys? Good. Have you ever played the game telephone before? Do you know how that works? One person starts it and then you go all the way to the end and you see what happens, right? We're going to try that this morning. Okay, Bentley? You will never guess what I'm going to tell you about Pastor Jake. What did you learn about yourself? Pastor
4: Jake is a bad
0: boy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if In all
0: seriousness, that is, that is what it
3: you'll hold up that poster, that is actually what I told Bentley. And what is that? Is it upside down? No. What does that say? Pastor Jake is a huge basketball fan, right? So kind of close, but not exactly, right? Uh, Go ahead and have a seat, you guys. Sometimes what happened in that game that we just had happens with scripture. Um, We or other people tell us what they think that it means, um, but it's not always exactly what they tell us, right? So how do we know what we are hearing about scripture is the right thing? Harper, Okay, we go straight to the Bible and look it up and read it for ourselves. What else can we do to make sure we know what we are hearing about God or the Bible is the right thing? Or what God wants us to know about in the Bible? What else can we do? How about we come to church? and we hear the word for ourselves spoken by our pastor and our lay minister, right? We hear it straight from the Bible there. What about with devotions at home with mom and dad? How many of you go to school across the street and have Bible lessons with your teachers and learn about what it means from there? Uh, How many of you have been through confirmation class, seventh and eighth grade confirmation class, right? We learn what God tells us about in the Bible there. All of those Places are ways that we can learn what the Bible means, that it says, and what God means when he tells us his words in the Bible. So um, we are going to hear about a Bible verse today from 1 Corinthians that sometimes people get wrong. And Pastor Jake is going to let us know this morning how to get it right. But it says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Some people say that that Bible verse tells us that as Christians, we will never go through trials, or we will never go through hard things, or we will never face things that are really tough. But Pastor Jake this morning is going to teach us what that Bible verse really means, so I want you to listen really carefully, and I want you to quiz your parents after church and ask them what they think that Bible verse means, okay? So don't play the telephone game with God's Word. Make sure you memorize that scripture, you know it for yourself, you listen carefully here at church and at school, and... um, then you will know really, truly what God is wanting us to learn from his word. So let's all bow our heads and pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for giving us your word and leaders in our church and in our family that help us know what that means. We love you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, you can go back.
2: This lesson for this morning is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning at the first verse. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. They drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, but most of them God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things took place as examples for us, that we may not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters, as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to, de- to play. We must not indulge in sexual morality as some of them did. And 23,000 fell into a single day. We must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the serpents, nor grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction, in whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed, lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. This is the word of our Lord. Be to God. Please stand.
0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 13th chapter. Glory. <clears throat> Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dresser, Look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and put on manure. Then, if it should bear fruit next year, well and good, but if not, you can cut it down. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated.
1: Our hymn of the day is Christ be my leader which is on page 861 of the Lutheran Service Book.
0: Would you all pray with you, please. Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is the epistle lesson, specifically verse 13, that was just read and was just illustrated with with the children here just a few moments ago. I am always excited to preach on Sunday mornings. But this morning, I am really, really excited to preach. And I'll tell you why. Because this verse from 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, is one of the most misconstrued, misinterpreted verses in the entire Bible. And what has happened is, is that it has rendered false hope and the truth of what the Scripture actually says is so much better than what the false hope has portrayed and interpreted. The very famous character in the very famous movie classic, The Princess Bride, Inigo Montoya, once said, you keep using that word, I don't think that word means what you think it means. He said that to his boss, who kept saying, inconceivable, every time that something would happen, and then that's when Inigo says, you keep using that word. I don't think that that word means what you think it means. People keep using 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, and I don't think that a lot of people understand what it really means. And again, as we said just a moment before, why the truth is so much better than the fiction. As we saw here with the kids just a few moments ago, the telephone game is really fun to see. It's a lot of fun to play, except when the answer is Pastor Jake is bad. How do you get that from... Anyway, okay. Um, But when it comes to Scripture, and it comes to God's Word, if things get lost in translation... If things get lost in the interpretation, whatever it is, what begins to happen and what can happen is what has happened specifically with this verse and that false hope is being given. So first of all, let's talk about what this verse doesn't mean. The first thing that this verse does not mean is it doesn't mean that just because you are able to bear up underneath whatever trials or temptation or testing that it is that you are going through, it doesn't doesn't mean that you are somehow stronger than someone else. And if you are not able to bear up under whatever trial or temptation or testing or hardship that you are going through, if you are not able to bear up under that, it doesn't mean that you are weak. I will never forget, I went to a funeral years ago, and the widow was really trying to hold back the tears, and she said, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to be strong for my family, and I said to her, it's okay to cry. It's okay to to be weak in this moment. It's okay to show weakness. Just because you're crying doesn't mean that you're not strong. Just because you're crying, it doesn't mean that you're not as strong as whoever else has gone through the same trial. So again, the first thing that it does not mean is that just because you can bear some things and not others doesn't make you Superman or Superwoman. It just means that you are human. The second thing the biggest thing and I want to be perfectly crystal clear with this next one the biggest thing that this verse does not mean. it does not say, nor does it not mean that God will not give you more than you can handle. Ah. How many of you have ever been in a situation in life where God has given you more than you can handle? Exactly. That's my point. God gives us more than we can handle. It happens all the time. And yet, for some reason, this verse, and it never says that, by the way, those aren't the words, but for some reason, this verse has been interpreted like that. You know, I, I, I hear it constantly. Well, you know, God will not give me more than I can handle. Oh, really? Are you sure? Have you asked? Because it might just happen. When I was writing this message, there was a young lady in my previous congregation that immediately came to mind, specifically with this second one of what this verse doesn't mean. Her name is Jennifer. And Jennifer is a young lady, and she has a condition in where the the muscles in her arm continually are firing. It's almost like if you were to go to the weight room and you were doing curls over and over and over again, and her muscles don't stop, ever. And so you get to rep whatever it is. I mean, if it was me, it'd be like rep five. But if you get to whatever rep that it is and your muscles are in a constant state of burning, that's what her arm is like every day. And there's no cure. The only thing that, that she and her family can do is to somehow manage it. And to somehow manage the pain. Try telling Jennifer that God will not give her more than she can handle. What about the husband whose wife has just left him? She has taken herself, she has taken the kids, and they're gone. And the husband is left wondering. Is left, what in the world is going on? What has happened to my life? Flip the scenario. Imagine that it's the wife. We know people who are who either have been in situations like this or who are going through situations like this. Imagine telling those people that God will not give you more than you can handle. What about the wife whose husband has just died? Again, there was, I uh, just received word uh, that a couple in my previous congregation, the husband died, and it was, uh, it was a senior couple, and the husband literally did everything. She didn't even know how to pump her own gas. She had no idea. She didn't know how insurance works. She didn't know how any of this worked because her husband is the one who did it all. Try telling her that God will not give her more than she can handle. What about the family whose bills just keep stacking up? The income keeps going down, the bills keep going up, and they're wondering, how in the world are we going to make this work? How in the world am I going to be able to put food on the table? Try telling that family that God will not give them more than they can handle. What about the one whose cancer has returned? They were in remission for three years. And they go back for their yearly checkup, and sure enough, it has returned. And they have to go through all of the chemo again. They have to go through all of the radiation again. They have to go through all of the steps all over again. And they thought that they were done. By telling that person that God will not give you more than you can handle. And finally, just we know from Paul himself, from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 through 9. Paul says this, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the afflictions that we experience in Asia, For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Paul knew. Paul had experienced what so many of us do, that God does give us more than we can handle. So it can't so that cannot possibly be what, what this verse means. The second thing that is important to know about this verse, sorry, the third thing that is important to know about this verse is that there is a difference between God sent testing and Satan sent testing. And so how do you know? Well, if the testing that you are going through with what if, if what you are being tempted by is tempting you to sin, it's coming from Satan. If it's something else, it's coming from God. And finally, the fourth thing. The fourth thing that this verse does not mean is that it does not mean that your suffering or your testing or your trial or whatever it is that you are going through is going to end. I wish I had a different message for you, but that's not what this verse means. Again, I go back to Jennifer with her arm. I go back to the one whose cancer has returned, and this time it just might take their life. And so many other examples. It doesn't mean necessarily that the suffering is going to end. And so finally, what does it mean? What does this verse mean? Well, let's take a look at at the text, if you would look at it in your bulletins with me. As anybody should, if you want to know what a verse means, you go to the original language and you find out just what those words actually mean. There are two words in particular that I want us to focus on, the word temptation and the word escape. Because understanding what those two words really mean is is going to give us the solution to our question, well, what does the text actually mean? What does it actually say? In the Greek, the word temptation means this. To endeavor to learn the nature or character of something by testing. By trying it, by making trial of it, or putting it to the test. If you don't think that God is one for testing, try telling that to the people of the Old Testament. We know from Exodus chapter 20, verse 20, it says this. Moses said to the people, do not fear, for God has come to test you that the fear of him may be before you that you may not sin. We know too from Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 2. It says, and you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart. That's 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 key. Testing you to know what was in your heart. And finally from Judges chapter 2 verse 22. Verse 22 says, In order to test Israel by them, whether they will take care to walk in the way of the Lord as their fathers did or not. So the temptation means that God is testing you for a purpose. And the purpose is, is to find out what kind of character that you have. Are you going to rely on him, or are you going to rely on something else? Are you going to rely on God? your Heavenly Father, on Christ, on His Holy Spirit, or are you going to rely on others? Are you going to rely on yourself? I will give you a hint. Unless what you rely on is God, everything else is going to fail you at some point. Trust me, it's going to happen if it hasn't happened yet. And the reason for that is because all of those other things are sinful. And there is only one thing that is not sinful. There is only one thing that is perfect, and of course, that's God. The next word that we need to know the meaning of is the word escape. So look at that with me. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. The word escape in this text, in the Greek, means this, a way out, a way out of some difficulty, or it could mean an end. Not necessarily an end, but it could sometimes the trials and the temptations and the testing, they do go away. Sometimes that does happen. And sometimes it doesn't. But still, God provides the way of escape. And so, this is what this text means. It means that God sent testing will bring about God-sent help and God-sent aid. God-sent testing will bring about God-sent aid. He promises that. He promises that in that scripture. Why? Because God is faithful. And this is what God does. This is who God is. He is faithful. He keeps his promises. God-sent testing Will bring about God sent aid, and sometimes that aid takes various forms. Sometimes that aid, if it is a uh, if it is a medical trial or something like that that you are going through, sometimes it is medical help. Yeah, God uses people. God uses people like doctors to help us. Yes, science is not all together bad. God uses doctors to help us to help us feel better to help us heal. What other kinds of aid? What other kinds of way of escape does God provide for us? Well, he certainly provides us with others. He p- provides us with other Christian brothers and sisters in Christ to come alongside you and pray for you. Speaking of prayer, that's a big one. If you've ever read even just a, a, a small portion of Luther's large catechism, he talks about prayer all the time, constantly, constantly consistently, because Luther knew one thing, that the only way for us as mortal human beings to be able to to escape the trials and the temptations that we go to, to find relief, is by prayer. Because as you have heard me say during this space before, Satan never sleeps, he never stops, and he wants nothing more than to completely corrupt you and destroy you. So prayer is another one. What are some other things? The means of grace, the sacraments. Being able to partake in the very body and blood of your Savior, reminding you that A, He is with you, reminding you that B, your sins are forgiven, reminding you that C, eternal life is found wherever the forgiveness of sins is found. Remember, too, that as baptized children of the Heavenly Father, we, Paul promises another promise from God in His Word, right? That we are created new every day. That we are made a new creation in Christ every single day. And the things that we have committed yesterday, God, the sins that we have committed yesterday, God doesn't even remember those. It has always struck me that the one thing about our, uh, about our omnipotent God is that he has a terrible memory, especially when it comes to sins. Because he, doesn't re- because he doesn't remember them. That's what God's word says. I have removed your sins as far as the east is from the west. If you, O oh Lord, kept a record of sins, O oh Lord, who could stand? No one could. And so he doesn't. He doesn't keep a record of sins. God-sent testing will bring about God-sent aid because the only way that we can bear these things, the only way that we, can, that we can find that way of escape, the only way that we can go through the things that are unbearable, the things that are simply too much, is because of the fact that God is faithful. And He promises to provide the way of escape. It doesn't mean that it's going to end. But it does mean that through all of those ways that we have just listed, through others, through prayer, through the sacraments, through other things that, that God can use, He will provide a way of escape. If you were here on Wednesday night, you uh, were able to, to hear me preach a wonderful sermon that Dr. Reed Lessing wrote. And there was a section in there that I have not forgotten To this day, and I want to read it all to you because he says it much better than I ever could. So, this is from Dr. Lessing in Wednesday night's homily. He says Are you feeling stuck? Are you feeling trapped? Are you feeling pinned against the wall? Are you afraid that the depression will never lift? Are you afraid that the yelling will never stop? Are you afraid that the emptiness will never leave? Are you wondering, will this, gray scru- will this gray sky ever brighten? Will this load ever lighten? Do you feel predestined for pain asking, will I ever get out? Remember that your battle is God's battle. And get this, God has never lost a battle. God is undefeated. He has never lost one single solitary battle battle, not with Pharaoh, not with sin, not with Satan, and not with death. Your outcome is inevitable. Your victory is assured. The last chapter of your life has already been written. Remember, too, Jesus knows all about this kind of dilemma. Jesus knows all about suffering and trials and tests, even ones that seem that they will never end. The path to the cross led him before Caiaphas, the high priest. It led him before Pilate, who sent him to Herod, who sent Jesus back to Pilate. Christ's path then led him before soldiers who whipped him, mocked him, and spit on him. The path ended at a dead end called Calvary. Jesus knows. Jesus knows all about being tested and tempted. Because God is faithful. Because God sent testing. God promises to bring about God sent aid. God sent help. God sent escape. And so no, this verse does not mean, get it out of your heads right this very minute, this verse does not mean that God will give you, sorry, that God will not give you more than you can handle. It doesn't mean that. But again, what it does mean is that your God is faithful. What it does mean is that if, he, if it is He who has sent the trial, it is He who will provide the way of escape. By Him, you will be able to endure. By Him, you will be able to look upon His cross and be reminded that your Lord has gone through the same trials and the same testing and the same temptation. Hebrews says that we have a great high priest who has been tempted in every way that we have. That is your Lord. That is your God. And that is the name that we are gathered here. That is the name that is above every name. God sent testing will bring about God sent aid because God is faithful. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Nicene Creed, as it is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who is spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we will gather our tithes and offerings. If you are a member or guest with us, please sign the red sign-in book that is in your pew when it gets passed to you. Uh, for those that receive it on the window side, please pass it towards the aisle. Those who receive it on the aisle, tear off the top sheet, set it on top of the, of the uh, books so that the elders can come by and pick them up after worship today. We collect our tithes and offer.
1: These radio broadcasts are made possible by the donations to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community. And our world. Easter lilies are available for purchase to beautify our services as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord on Easter Sunday. The cost is $10 each. Orders and payments must be in by April 7th. Some church news A men's Bible study meets at 8 a.m. each Wednesday morning in the North X. Several ladies' Bible studies meet during the week in the surrounding areas. For more information, call the church office at 417-235-7300. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness to the public marketplace. Today's message, Death Doesn't End the Story. Speaker, Reverend Dr. Michael Ziegler. Some accept death as the end, others as a new beginning. Jesus turned to death into a sign that points us to the author of our life, John eleven we now rejoin the congregation during the worship service
2: stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for this day and the opportunity to worship you in this place. We honor you by many names. Today we recognize and honor you as the great sustainer of our lives. You promise to be with us, leading us, strengthening us during times of trials and tests. Use these times to bring us even closer to you. Lead us in ways that are pleasing in your sight. Help us find the time to be in your word, to speak the truth of your Son to all we meet this week. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for the sick, those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgery, those on the road to recovery. We lift up all those on our health list. Melba, Landreth, Janice, Carol, Oren, Ethel, Joan, Addison, Steve, Becky, Wayne, Bob, Mark, Warren, Gary, Emma, Bob, Brenda, Rosemarie, Arlene, Bob, John, Mary Ann, Debbie, Mary, Fred, Lisa, Maxine, Jen, Catherine, Bonnie, Deborah, Joe, and Madeline. We lift these up for you, Lord, to, uh, as we pray, as well as those we now name in our hearts. Heavenly Father, you are the great healer. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely and give them a sense of your presence during these difficult times as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our leaders who hold positions of service nationally, in our state, and in our local communities, as well as the leaders of our own Lutheran Synod. Father, these people have accepted the responsibility of leadership as part of their commitment to serve send your Holy Spirit to give them true wisdom to govern in a way that glorifies your name keep them mindful of those who cannot speak for themselves especially the unborn Lord in your mercy we pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military especially those who serve in the most dangerous places we lift up to you in prayer David Hessman who was deployed overseas as well as Melissa and the children who pray and wait for him daily. We think of all first responders police, fire and emergency personnel. Father we pray that you will send your heavenly angel to watch over them to protect them against all harm. Strengthen and encourage them so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord in your mercy. We pray for all those who mourn the loss of loved ones. We lift up in prayer the family and friends of Ramona Gesslin, who, was, who has moved on to her heavenly home to be with Jesus. Gracious Father, it is at these times that we need you to give them an extra measure of your grace and love. Comfort them with the assurance that all believers will one day be with you and all the saints as we spend eternity in heaven, where there is no more pain, loneliness, or despair. Lord, in your mercy, we give thanks to you, O Lord, for those celebrating birthdays, for the many blessings you have given to your servants, Grace Doss celebrating 88 years and Bonnie Verm celebrating 81 years, especially for bestowing on them length of days in this present life. Grant that they may have always know your loving kindness, abide in the confession of your name, and put trust each day in your gracious care and protection. May this celebration of their births be a celebration of life both now and the life to come. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for those celebrating anniversaries and the celebration of Christian marriage. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you instituted holy matrimony, blessed and honored it with the presence of your son at the marriage at Cana in Galilee, and even now continue to protect and preserve it. We thank you for the fatherly love and grace which you have bestowed upon Glennon and Carolyn who are celebrating their 40 years of Christian union through their marriage. Continue to be with them, Lord, until the end of their days, even as you have guided them in the past. Be their health, strength, refuge, and life as they serve as an example to all who honor your blessing of marriage. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Father, we ask that you protect us against the evil one and his treacherous ways. While Satan and his minions desire to confuse us, to disrupt our relationship with you and with those we love. Keep us strong with thy word and with the sacrament we are about to receive. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
0: The Lord be with you. And you. Lift up your hearts. The Lord. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is,
4: right,
0: it is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us and all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son. Jesus Christ, into our flesh, and laid on him our sin, giving him into death that we we might not die eternally. Because he is now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communing, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament. And under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. <clears throat> Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. In the same way also, our Lord and Savior gave them bread. And when he had broken it, he gave thanks and said, Take and eat. This is the true body of of our Lord. Take and eat You see, I did this backwards, and now I'm lost. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he, he broke it and he gave it to them and said, Take and eat. This is my body given for you for the forgiveness of sins. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
1: Our communion hymns for today are Rock of Ages, Cleft for Me, on page 761 of the Lutheran Service Book, Jesus Lead Thou On, on page 718 of the Lutheran Service Book, O Lord We Praise Thee, on page 617 of the Lutheran Service Book, and God Moves in a Mysterious Way, on page 765 of the Lutheran Service Book.
0: Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with His favor and give you His peace. Amen. Amen. Once again, a very special word of welcome to all guests and visitors today. Thank you very much for being here, and we pray that your time here with us this morning was one that was a blessed one in God's Word. Uh, just a couple of announcements before we close with worship today. First of all, just a reminder that Council, uh, our church council, will meet immediately after worship here in the Fellowship Hall. Uh, also, the Ladies Aid, our LWML, will have a mission work day. Tomorrow, March 25th, beginning at 9 o'clock in the Fellowship Hall as well. Please bring a covered dish to share for lunch. And then, as a reminder, our Lenten service will continue this Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Kids, as always, you are allowed to wear your PJs to church if you want. And that is all of the announcements that I think I have. And I pray that you all have a very, very blessed week.
1: It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistat, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this radio broadcast on www.freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May his love surround you and his mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Parker Shane.